It's Tuesday, June 21st, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Mann, and from Motley Fool Hidden Gems, Charlie Travers. Guys, happy first day of summer. It, it is the official start of yes, summer. Yes, it is. Yeah, the solstice. All right. All right, we've got news from Yahoo and Groupon, but we will begin with Nokia. Earlier today, CEO Stephen Elop unveiled Nokia's new N9 smartphone, which would be even more exciting if it didn't use software the company plans to get rid of. From 1964. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> Types now, in pencil. Now, Elop said Nokia will launch its first smartphone using Microsoft's Windows platform later this year. So, Charlie, why even launch this thing? Well, they, Elop talked on the last call at the end of May about how they were, you know, everybody knows they're losing market share. They got pegged on that by the analysts on the call. And basically, it, you know, their, their goal at this point between now and the launch of the Windows phone is to stop the bleeding on their market share. They mm. talked about how they are losing ground massively in China and in Europe. Android is coming out in force. Wait, and are those two pretty important places? I, I would say so because they have no presence in the States. That's about all that's left. They're rocking in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, right now it's stem the bleeding as best they can, and a one-off yeah. product is, I guess, the best thing they have. Yeah, it's a it's it's actually a beautiful product. I mean, the form factor for it's really nice, but the operating system would be great in a world where the Android and the iPhone didn't already exist. And so, I mean, really with companies, since they have quarterly, uh, they have quarterly results pressure, they really have two choices. They could put a product out and try and plug the hole for a quarter until they can uh -huh. come up with more, uh, you know, with more credible products, or they could just wait. And to me, the waiting would be a braver, better long-term decision because what Nokia needs right now is they need a single. They need a base hit. <laughs> yeah. And this isn't it. So, I mean, you say they need a single. It seems, though, like they need a double off the wall. They need a home run. They need this next phone that they launched, the Windows platform phone that they launched later this year. Isn't there now increasing pressure on that to be a hit? Absolutely. And it, I would say they have an all-in bet on this Windows phone. And I mean, that's a hell of a bet to make <laughs> in Windows track record in the mobile market. Um, but that's what they have. And it is what it is. Yeah. If it falls short, is it Game over for Nokia? It, it seems weird to ask that given the size of the well, company. You could say that, but they have $11 billion in net cash. It is not game over at this point. Uh, yeah. they, they do have some, you know, that's that's the advantage of having a big war chest. You yeah. get a I few mean, swings. If you remember back in the day, the only thing that Apple really had going for them is that they had a ton of cash. So they had the ability to stand there and keep swinging. And so that is something that Nokia does, in fact, have. I mean, they've got the benefit of not being desperate from a financial perspective. It's one of those reasons why, you know, under, you know, un companies with very little debt are sometimes a lot more attractive just simply because they can they can make mistakes and you know Nokia's made a lot of them. And if you want to talk about companies making singles, Microsoft had a single with Windows Phone 7. You know, yeah. the Google and Apple crowd said Microsoft's new operating system is dead on arrival. That is not the case. Yeah. It is still viable getting good reviews uh, and we'll see what these guys come up with uh, next year. But I agree, Charlie. <laughs> Thank but, you, Bill. But there's more on the line for Nokia than there is for Microsoft with this next. Well, phone. yeah, Microsoft has these things called Office and Windows. That yeah, are pretty yeah. important. The Nokia desktop application <laughs> is not. 
<laughs> Shares of Yahoo were up on Monday on speculation that the company may be resolving its dispute with Alibaba, China's biggest e-commerce company. Uh, by way of background, Yahoo owns forty percent of Alibaba, maybe, which recently sold, <laughs> which recently sold Alipay, its online payment unit, to a company controlled by Alibaba CEO Jack Ma. Again, maybe uh, that <laughs> did he use the word sold? That's right. <laughs> the deal was made without notifying Yahoo or other shareholders. Uh, was yeah, that bad? There, yeah, there seemed to be a lot of uh, a lot of maybes, a lot of allegedly's going yeah. on here. Um, Bill, what do you think? To the extent that they're about to come up with a with with a solution, this is a good thing for this is a good thing for Yahoo, and I think that they ultimately will have it solved. What is still amazing to me is that. Yahoo was allowed to take a you know to to take a stake in a company and it's illegal to do so in China and it hasn't changed it's not like the regulations changed so somebody at some point said oh well that's kind of illegal and so then they just took it so how does this get done to start with there are very few countries where this would happen but it happens in China where you have you know the difference between what's in the books and what's practiced changes from day to day and uh, you know for Yahoo woke up one day and the rules had changed. So what is better for Yahoo? Is it to keep the 40% stake in Alibaba or is it just to get some cash and just say we're done with this whole thing? I, I think ultimately I, I think ultimately this is going to work out. I mean, I think they want Alibaba is uh, Alipay is the crown jewel of Alibaba. So they they definitively want exposure to this. But mm-hmm. they still have I mean it, it it is a it is a uh, bird in the hand versus two in the bush argument for real because at any point the rules as they are applied in China could change again, but this is a tremendous asset. This is a big part of the value proposition of Yahoo. Charlie? Yeah, this is actually a pretty good investing lesson for all of us in general is uh, what does it mean to actually own shares of a company? And what that means is you have a claim on the company's assets and the profits they produce. And there's kind of, there's a legal framework here in the United States that management can't pull a fast one and just transfer assets without paying you to a company that they own. Yeah, And this is even more important overseas when you don't necessarily know the legal structure and what your rights are. And it's very important to go through the filings and see where you stand. Yeah, I mean, there's a you know there 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 are things now with with Alibaba and Alipay. There, you know, the city of Shenzhen just dropped a 13 million dollar tax bill on them, and you know we could you could you know if you're Yahoo you could fight it, um, but ultimately you're going to pay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, when I hear stuff like this and the rules changing and things that are technically illegal still happening, that it, it makes me as an investor want to just say, you know what, I'm writing off this whole market. I mean, you had, you had said recently that China was, for all intents and purposes, unbuyable. Well, not China, but a certain segment of the Chinese certain market. Certain parts of the market. Certain I mean, it does does stuff like this factor into a statement like that? Yeah, absolutely. And what it does for us, you know, with Chinese companies now, they are trading at extremely low multiples to their current earnings. But there are a lot of reasons for this. Do you trust the earnings? Do you trust the management? Do you trust the legal framework to be there? Do you have any recourse if they're doing something wrong? And it's almost guaranteed that they are doing something wrong. So yeah, it, it, it makes all of China trade at a much lower multiple than probably they would want. And, you know, it's the, 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 this is an outcome of a pretty slippery situation. Charlie? 
I, I struggle mightily with the concept of investing in China. On the one hand, it is a very important market. Uh, you would love mm-hmm. that kind of exposure in your portfolio. But then you balance that against the fact that, you know, you read through some of these uh, 10K, 20F filings, and you really, in some cases, have no rights as a shareholder. You don't get a vote. Uh, what you have is a contract a saying you have. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> if you stick to your guns as to what you have as core beliefs as a shareholder, Holder is that you have a say in the company's operations and the yep. board of directors sticks out for your rights. And how far are you willing to sacrifice that to get exposure to China in your portfolio is a question everybody has to answer for themselves, and I'm still struggling with it. Yeah, I, I, I have spent a lot of time in China. I've spent a lot of time analyzing Chinese companies. And when you go over there, there is a, there is a, a, a theme, which is that China is still learning what it is about to be uh, to have shareholders. The Chinese companies don't necessarily have the same frame of viewpoint for what a shareholder is and what rights they have. And, and you know, and that's a very fundamental discussion and a very fundamental understanding that needs to take place before Chinese companies will be eligible. Eligible is not the right word, but, they, you know, they will deserve higher multiples. And finally, Groupon has filed to go public and is now officially in the company's quiet period. Uh, the quiet period, of course, is mandated by the SEC, intended to prevent companies from hyping their stock by limiting written and verbal statements by company executives. But guys, that hasn't stopped Groupon from firing back at its media critics. Oh, quiet. I see. <laughs> On the company's official blog. You a, were serious about that? A spokescat. Yes, a spokescat has written a list of hazing rituals that companies must endure before their IPO. Among them, write disparaging articles about the company and kick sand in the company's face. Um, how, how sorry do we feel for Groupon? Zero. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Yeah. I, it, quiet is a pretty easy word. I mean, it's, there's not there's not too much ambiguity in what a quiet period is, and this is this has happened before. And you know, I guess it's understandable to be excited about you know a, a, about the prospects, and and a lot of these executives are are looking f- at a very large payday when their companies do manage to go public, but. You got to keep that under wraps. So you guys both have children. How long did it take them to catch on to the concept of what timeout meant? Never. I'm still, Never. still, <laughs> still, still waiting on okay. that one. <laughs> Bad example. Bad example. <laughs> if um, you're saying that Groupon is my child, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Th- I mean, this to me just smacks of... Uh, of an immaturity. I mean, th- we've right. seen this before with other companies where, you know, the, the, the joke about Google was, oh, you know, before they went public, oh, they need adult supervision. I mean, this, and, and for Groupon, as far as I'm concerned, this started at the beginning of the year with the Super Bowl, yeah. uh, with, the, with the ad they did about Tibet. And then the you know, Tibetan fish. Yeah, exactly. The fish curry. And, yeah. and then they just uh, they got ripped for it in the press. And their immediate reaction was to be defensive and to say, no, people just didn't get our joke. And and uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, it doesn't get any easier after you're a public company. Yeah. Scrutiny doesn't go away. Yeah, there's so many things about this company that say no touchy to me. And yeah. and the IPO is expected uh, sometime in the fall. Um, what are the odds that between now and the actual IPO, Groupon does something like this again? Some some type of we can't keep our mouth shut. Our our thin our, our skin is too thin. They're going to try and yeah, I don't know trot the spokes cat out again. What do you think? Uh, you, you would hope their legal counsel and the <laughs> large investors would, you know, come in and have a sit-down meeting yeah. and, you know, lay down the law. Yeah. Put put a big sign on the wall. 
that says quiet and then tells them what it means. All right, Phil Mann, Charlie Travers. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Mountainous Tibet, one of the most beautiful places in the world. This is Timothy Hutton. The people of Tibet are in trouble. Their very culture is in jeopardy. But they still whip up an amazing fish curry. And since 200 of us bought at Groupon.com, we're each getting $30 worth of Tibetan food for just $15 at Himalayan restaurant in Chicago. Save the money. Unlock great deals in your town. Groupon.com.